Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my co-host, who's back from L.A. P.K., how you doing tonight? I'm finally relaxed enough that I'm not ready to tear this screen apart. <laughs> I had a bit of a problem getting online tonight. Oh, it can be so frustrating, I know, but you did it. Oh, Congratulations. Yes. You, you pulled it off. With you your guidance. Us. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Any time. That's what I'm here for. But my gosh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, and we have a terrific guest. He's going to join yes, us in just a few minutes. We have Rick McCollum. He's a celebrity. He is a ghost hunter, but he's also a stuntman and an actor. Out from L.A., he's joining us tonight, and we're going to hear all about his spookiest ghostly encounter. So we can't wait to have him on the air. This is going to be a great show, everybody. But before we get to Rick, PK, we've been talking about doing special numbers for tonight. So we've got all of this mishigash around the Supreme Court nomination, and we have two people front and center. It's gotten so crazy. But what I want you, what we wanted to do was at least take the politics out of it. Let's just look at the numbers. And that's what well, you did. I was going to say, one of the things I want to say before we even go into their numbers is to let everyone know that we are now in a universal three-month. It deals with communications of all forms, stories of all types coming to the foreground. It's creativity, communications are going to be bouncing off the walls. And trust me, things are going to be coming up that people are going to hold their jaw open with because it's all about things being made known that everyone's trying to cover up. It's like you can't keep a secret this month. It's going to jump out at you. Everybody's got an idea, and everybody wants to talk about it. It's going to be interesting. Well, that's good. That's a very good mm-hmm. thing because we don't like the secrecy, especially on our show. We like all this stuff to come out in the open. So it's, it's about all time, going to right? come out in the open this month. Oh, we are going to see so many things hit the fan, which is a nicer way to put it than I guess they won't let me say it the other way. But it's really <laughs> going to be crazy. I, I took wow. a look at uh, Christine and Brett. I'm thinking it sounds like they're a couple, right? Yeah, really. Jeez. They're not. Well, not hardly. <laughs> a couple of not hardly. Yeah, really. So what do you find? Well, I'll tell you. If I said she was hard-headed, that would be the understatement of the year. This woman, it's mm. all about her. She's got an ego that won't quit. 
And she gives and takes as she feels. She's got a lot to say about everything. She's communicates well, but not great. It goes back to her all the time. She takes shortcuts. Mm. She doesn't like change, but she'll work with it. When it comes to looking for perfection in things, she feels she's got the short end of the stick. I will say she's got a good head on her shoulders. Money's very important to her, but trying to be out and about in, in the midst of everything, that to her is the most important thing. Now, mm. first, because of looking at her birth month, day, and year, we're, we're looking at a gal that firstly has issues with both men and women, and I'm going to say the mother figure and the father figure are both issues in her chart. Okay. So that, and, but she has a seven destiny number, so she's always digging into things, but you only get half truths from her. You don't get the whole story. And when we're taking a look at supposedly the issues that took place when she was in high school, this woman is five, nine and a half. Wow. Come on. She's no Mm -hmm. little girl. Mm -hmm. That's a little bitsy here. I have a little hard time working with that. The first part of of the given name at birth, she's overly sensitive, which makes her very insensitive. It's everybody's fault but hers because she didn't do it. She's always looking for the next answer, but that's because, because, like I said, because she does have a good head on her shoulders, but she knows how to play the game by what she thinks she wants. She could be cutesy one minute, and she could be the tiger the next. You don't know who you're really meeting. And wow, uh, truth. I don't know if there's how much of there's in what she says. Maybe what she thinks. Or what she mm-hmm. would have wished happened. I don't know. Knows crazy stuff there. But I took a look at Brett as well, and then taking a look at his issues. He's a hard worker. He gives and takes equally. His ego and his self-esteem and caring about others are very detailed, very precise. Everything by the book. He's a good communicator. Not afraid of work. Works well with change, but would prefer to do it his way. Again. We've got another person that has issues when it comes to the family aspect of things. Good head on his shoulders, uh, able to do well and control to the financial side of things. And he has issues with women, gee, surprise, uh, in this chart here. And it shows that, so he's overly sensitive when it comes to dealing with women also. So he's a prime target, shall we say, many times because of what's going on. Now, he's in a seven personal year going into his eight year. So the seven year secrets would have been made known up until October 1st. Now he's back in charge. And secrets being made known doesn't necessarily mean that they're truthful secrets. It may be information that comes out through the cracks, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. And well, with, it, with thank that, you. You have so more? it's going oh to be God. interesting to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it will it's, be. And thank you for that insight because it's been a mess, quite honestly, uh, for, you know, it's we don't want to get into the politics side of it because no, of the show uh-huh. about paranormal. But you do offer a lot of insight with the numbers, and it's always helpful because the numbers don't lie. The numbers are just going no. to lay it out there and say this is who you're dealing with. And mm-hmm. it's very helpful, you know, to hear this this information from you so thank you for taking a look at that and then 
The other thing that we were talking about, we got to go back again to the New Mexico mm-hmm. Observatory incident. Yes. And the Belgian tourist who was found dead, or let's Mr. I should no say name. unresponsive, and then he died. Yeah. And what's very mm-hmm. suspicious about that is it's been weeks. He died on September 12th, and they are refusing to release his name and the cause of death which is extremely strange. Now, keep in mind, mm-hmm. it was a French couple that died on that trail. Um, I'm not sure of the date, but their names were immediately released and their cause mm-hmm. of death. There was nothing held back. But with the Belgian tourists, for some reason, there is no information. Now, one of my uh, associates called the newspaper today, spoke to reporters, said, in New Mexico, and said, do you guys have any more information about this? No, we've been told nothing. And as you know, the sheriff in the town where Sunspot Observatory is, is furious because they were not brought into all of this stuff when the FBI descended upon Mm -hmm. their town. So the other thing that came to me from a law enforcement associate is this. All of this talk about the janitor and pornography they knew about him a long time ago. I mean, local. Yep. The local law enforcement knew screen. about this a long time ago. And it, so you know for a fact that that is a cover story, and there were never any charges filed. To this day, there are no mm-hmm. charges filed. And so it's a look-this-way-in-the-wrong-direction kind of a smoke mm-hmm. screen. So yep. we are continuing you know, to follow through and find out as much as we can, but so far... Very little is coming forward about it. And as now we had your friend of mine, George Lugo, on last week. Mm-hmm. He was sitting in for you. And George is a very famous psychic medium. He's known throughout the world. He's worked with Scotland Yard. He is truly a great psychic medium. And his take on it was the same as what we had heard before that an ET mm-hmm. had escaped. From an underground facility, because we know there's underground facilities all the way through New Mexico, connected by tunnels. And uh, there was a strange smell in the area reported. Now, all of that seems to add up. The Black Hawk helicopters flying overhead, that adds up. And all of a sudden, this major evacuation and leaving out local law enforcement. All of that makes sense if that's what happened. And we, we tend to think mm-hmm. it did. And George uh, said, this is what looks like happened also our guest that came to us from you pk lowell um who's also psychic medium a lovely guy very talented he also reinforced what george had said so so far Mm -hmm. everything we're hearing from readers and you also said the only thing we can be sure of from the government is they're going to lie to us that came out in the numbers that you ran yep so now did you take a look at that too many secrets their secrets are overlapping to the point now that it's looking ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's laughable. I mean, they can't expect us to believe mm-hmm. this is garbage. It's just well, not true. Do. It doesn't add up. It's crazy. Now, did you have a chance to look at his death date? Since we don't have a name, all we know is when he died, which was September 12th. Well, September 12th, it was a recurrence of last year's issues, and that was a three so taking a look at that, and it would have been a five day. So there was some type of an accident that took place, and that's exactly what what we're getting from everything else. All I can pick up from it is th- there's more 
to it that hasn't been laid out, but it's definitely a major change of some type of an accident. Wow. So, that's, yeah, that's lots of crazy secrets from that without a name to yeah, work with. Or without a name. I know. And it, it, it is not for lack of trying. That's for sure. We have been on this story. We'll continue to follow it, and we will continue to report back to our audience with anything that we find out. So be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter, The Fringe Files, on the Supernatural Girls with a Z website. And we have a new advertiser. We have... Marco's Pizza in Indiana, yeah. Westfield, Indiana, brand new, just opened up with the best pizza in the area. Big, make sure you go. Get some great pizza there. Tell them you were sent by Supernatural Girls. We love it when you support our mm-hmm. advertisers. It helps us out a lot. So, again, that is Marco's Pizza for the best pizza in Westfield, Indiana. It's located at 16072 Spring Mill Station Drive. Pay him a visit, get some pizza, and listen to our show <laughs> with your pizza. That's right. Sit back and relax and eat your pizza while you're listening to the show. That's right. <laughs> now, we have, as I mentioned, a guest tonight. We have a Hollywood stuntman, actor, and a Hollywood ghost hunter, all wrapped into one. Now, Rick McCollum is with us tonight, and he began his stunt career in 1982, performing a fight scene with the famous Chuck Norris on the film Lone Wolf McQuaid. He has more than 70 credits to his name. And, I mean, we could just talk about him all night, but maybe we should bring him on the air because he also is one of the founders of the Hollywood Ghost Hunters, and he's here with us tonight. So, Rick, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. What an exciting life you have led. My gosh. So you rub shoulders with all these celebrities, and you also train people in how to do stunts. But your career really reached back in time. You started when you were three years old when you ran your tricycle down the stairs, right? You thought that was a cool (laughs) thing to do? (laughs) Yeah. Well, When I was a little kid, my mom and dad took me to see a John Wayne movie. And they had a thing where a horse and a carriage went off a cliff. And when we got home, uh, for some reason, my little three-year-old self thought that would be just a dandy thing to try. And I took my little pedal car, and I just drove as fast as I could. My dad was in hot pursuit, and I went straight down the stairs, landed at the bottom, got two black eyes. And my dad said, I knew from right right then what that kid was going to do for a living. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't stop there. You also, you drove your motorcycle into the middle of a a barbecue your parents were having and you were standing on it, not sitting on it. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. It seemed, it seemed like the party was getting a little dull. We lived up in Oregon and there was like real rural area mountains around and everything else. And there was no fences. So I got on my Honda 50 because I was like 12 or 13 years old. And I stood up on the seat and rode right through the middle of the party. And uh, oh dear lord! I did not get a uh, any black eyes for that, but I did get a warm butt after the party was over. <laughs> they didn't appreciate that, huh? Oh no! Actually, I think my dad kind of did, but he still kind of felt, you know, you you needed so you need a little bit of a, a little bit of a spanking for this one. Yeah, the thing oh, no. I, I, I had to go along with him on that one. I was like, yeah, I think I got this one coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, you've you've performed in an, you've acted in many films. You've been in Naked Gun, Thirty Three and a Half, Hatchet Two. You've played monsters. You played a monster in Deep Star Six. 
Oh, my gosh. And you also played a monster in Dark Wolf. You've been in so many major movies. Well, I've been in a lot of horror movies more than anything. I mean, I've I've been in uh, Jay Edgar, Clint Eastwood's movie. I've done Naked Gun. I've, I've done a few that are that are fairly well known, but most of the genre that I'm in, uh, my best friend is Kane Hodder, who plays Jason in the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and he plays Victor Crowley in all the Hatchet movies. And we've been friends for thirty-seven wow. years, so uh, we've done quite a few horror movies together. So that's that's kind of uh, the genre that I'm in most of the time. But I also stunt coordinate, so I have to. Uh, I'm on different kinds of movies, you know, like. A lot of times I'm teaching the actors how to do the fights and making sure everything looks good and is safe. That's terrific. What mm-hmm. fun. You must love it. Sounds like an exciting career. Well, it can be. Sometimes you can get some actors or actresses that are a little snarky, but <laughs> <laughs> most of them, you know, 99% of them are really nice. So it's, oh, it's you, know, oh, you just good. go along with it, you know. Good to hear. Well, now, the most interesting part of your life, obviously, to us, is the fact that you're a ghost hunter. How did you get into that? Uh, that it kind of came to me, to tell you the truth. I mean, I've, I, I mean, you hear people say this all the time, but I, I don't know. For some reason, they come to me. And the first, the first thing that I ever had, which was amazing, was uh, my grandfather had died suddenly up in Chicago. And he wanted to be buried in Paducah, Kentucky. So my mom and I got on the train with him, and we got down to Paducah, and they took the the casket to, you know, be buried the next day. And because this had happened very suddenly, we didn't have any idea where to stay or anything, so we tried to find a place real close to the uh, cemetery. Mm-hmm. And we went there, and we went inside. Now I'm 13 years old. Uh, we go up to the front, and the guy goes, well, I've got one room left, but I have to tell you right now it's haunted. Well, I'm 13. Wow. I mean, this is like winning. This is like winning the gold ticket to Disneyland for me. I'm like, God, yes, yes, right. So we go into this room, and, and it's about 20 feet across, and it's got wooden floors. It looks like maybe it had been a volleyball court at one time. That's what it looked like. And uh, my mom's bed was on one side of the room, and mine was on the other. And we went to we went to sleep, and in the middle of the night, I heard her yell, and I looked up, and her bed was like. You know, not going super fast, but like someone had it and was pushing it, you know, pretty quickly towards the center of the room. And I I looked over there and I realized my bed was moving towards the center of the room and we actually collided in the middle. So, um, well, my mother was very smart and I've always been real curious. So we tried to debunk it before we even knew what debunking was. And uh, I took a glass and I put it on its side on each side of the thing to see if it would roll down the hill to see if the things were curved towards the center and they weren't. Oh, yes. uh, Good we, idea. We took the beds and tried to push them. And I mean, we both shoved them as hard as we could and they went about two feet. And this covered oh probably 10 to 12 hmm. feet each direction. So, I mean, that, that got my interest right there. That was my very first uh, ghostly or paranormal thing that we couldn't explain. I mean, we tried to say maybe a, maybe a truck went by and, you know, cause they're on rollers and the floor was warped and the floor wasn't. And it, you know, we couldn't shove them that far, you know, so they weren't just going to roll that far on their own. So it, it was pretty interesting. That's fascinating. Gosh. So it took off from there. So you were always a ghost hunter from the time you were 13. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I started noticing things that other people weren't, 
you know, and I, mm-hmm. I learned at a young age to, to keep that to myself, you know, <laughs> until I got a little bit older and uh, could actually explain what was going on. But pretty mm-hmm. much my whole life I've I've seen and felt things. So I guess, you know, I can't play music, I can't dance. So I guess that was, you know, the one <laughs> gift I got. <laughs> I see. It was, it was a good one. Look, look at the end result. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Now, you also have a magazine, Hollywood Ghost Hunters Magazine, and people can find that at hghmag.com. So be sure to look that up, everybody. But tell us, Rick, now, I know you've encountered a wide variety of events and, and ghosts and specters. What's the scariest one that you encountered? Let's start with that. Well, I've had several, and they were all on different levels, and they were all different things. Um, I'll tell you one that that scared me, and it scared me even more later on when I heard the EVPs. I went to the Pioneer Saloon outside Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and I was a guest. They were having a, a ghost hunt that night. And uh, the girl, Jill Padavis, um, was telling us everything that happened, you know, that the one girl in the uh, – the other part of the saloon had been the, she was a bartender. She'd been strangled while the, everybody was on the other side. They just went in and found her laying on the floor. Uh, it's a place where Clark Gable sat drinking while they were getting Carol Lombard's body off the mountain behind it, where they'd had a plane crash. And there was another place where this guy who was, I guess he was an ex boxer and kind of a, you know, mean guy. This one guy caught him, uh, cheating at cards and the guy jumped up to beat him up. And the other guy shot him dead on the spot. So the girl has me sit in the chair where the guy got shot to death. So we're sitting there. <laughs> we've all got nice. we've all got equipment out. You know, I've got a, a K2 meter, you know, EMF detector in front of me. And because the tables are round, the girl that's sitting next to me, she has no table in front of her because that's where the curve is. So she put her mm-hmm. K2 meter next to mine. So we're sitting there, and the girl's telling us what happened, and all of a sudden all ten lights go off. So I'm watching Ooh. around, and I'm looking at all the other stuff. Nothing's going off. And then I hear my name, Rick, I mean, to my ear. And I looked around, I was like, did anybody else hear that? And they went, yeah, we heard it. I was like, okay. So we're sitting there, and all of a sudden the things start going off again, all 10, right? And I instantly get horrendously sick. I mean, I feel like I'm on fire. I'm ready to throw up on the table. That's how instantly sick I was. I mean, I am definitely Ew. ill instantly. And the girl looks over and she says to me, she goes, wow, the spirits must really like you. And I think she could tell something was wrong. I just looked over and I said, "Ah, I'm not so sure they do. And she goes, what's the matter? And I said, well, feel my forehead. And I figured she's going to say, you know, wow, you're like, you know, temperature of 158 or something. She goes, you're like a block of ice. And the girl next to me reaches over and touches my arm. She goes, you are ice cold. So instantly I'm thinking to myself, there's at least one, probably two things trying to attach to me. I mean, to get this sick, this fast, this mm-hmm. cold, you know, so that's, that's what the first thing I'm thinking. So I'm, I'm trying to, um, you know, stick it out. Right. And then I hear again, Rick. Right. And I look around and I said, did you guys hear that? They said, yeah. So anyway, I sat there for a minute or two longer and I went, guys, I got to go outside. I am really, really sick. So I go outside, and I'm out there for like 10 to 15 minutes, and Jill comes out and asks me, she says, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling better. Let's go back in. And I walk in the, inside the door, and I feel like someone kicked me in the stomach. I mean, I am really sick. 
and I looked over at the people. I said, guys, I'm real sorry, but, you know, I don't want to ruin your hunt. I'm out of here, right? And I start to walk away. And then I turn around and I look back at him. I don't know why I stopped. I turn back and say, it was really nice meeting you and um, hope you guys get something. And I, and I leave. Well, Jill sends me the tape of the EVPs. And it's also uh, a video, too. And uh, you can kind of see that I'm sick just by the look on my face. But uh, in, the, in the thing, after she says, uh, it, the spirits must really like you, and I say, I'm not so sure they do, there's a woman's voice goes, we do. Oh. Now, that's kind of cool. Oh. I go outside, yes. and when I come back in, and I'm, I'm you know, telling the people I'm leaving, I turn my back, I start to leave, and there's a man's voice that says, turn Rick back. Right? Wow. Now, I stop, and I look back. I, turn, I stop, and I look back, and said, I'm out of here. And I turn around, and the man's voice goes, release him. So... Mm. After oh, hearing the video, I was like, this is some really creepy stuff. So, But I was still trying to debunk it because one of the guys that was a guest there was a magician. And I thought to myself, maybe he was doing the Ricks, trying to see if he could find out if I was the real deal or not. Right? Mm-hmm. So I asked Jill, I said, is he a ventriloquist? She goes, no. And I said, God, I was just wondering about the Ricks. She goes, well, I can put that to rest right now. And I said, how can you do that? She goes, the next two nights, they called your name two times each night. And so she heard that, and you weren't even there. I wasn't even there. And she goes, something wants you mm-hmm. back. <laughs> right. So I did go back, and absolutely nothing happened the next time. So, um, But, that yeah, it's, that, that, w- that was frightening after I heard the EVPs, because right then I knew that I was right about the attachment stuff. Uh-huh. You know, when they're saying release him and stuff like that. And it's it's actually on YouTube. If you look up uh, uh, Rick McCollum EVPs, um, you know, it's on there. And I, I am not the one, let me give you a disclaimer, I'm not the one who went through the thing and listened and, and deciphered what it was saying. So if somebody else thinks it says something else, that's, you know, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But that's what they mm-hmm. put down. And, you know, I kind of heard it too when I was listening. So, But, yeah, I've, I've been through so many things you can't you can't believe. And when people so, say, I don't believe so they, in ghosts, it's like, hang out with me for a while. I'll change your mind. Yeah, they'll, they yeah. will change your minds. Gosh, well, it's so interesting because you got so sick so fast. It was just like in a flash. And yet they liked you. My God, I hate to think if they didn't, what would have happened? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was weird because, I mean, my head was pounding. I mean, I, I did. I felt like I was on fire, but it was just the opposite. And I was so, so sick. I mean, I felt like I had food poisoning or something instantly. Now, and I hadn't eaten anything there or anything like that, so that couldn't have been it. It couldn't have been. And so did it stop as soon as you walked out? No. Sickness? No, it, it, it hung on for, for several hours. Um, I, finally got, I finally got to Las Vegas, which is about 30-some miles away, and I saw a CVS, jumped out of my car, ran inside, um, bought a bottle of Tums and ate pretty much about half the bottle right there <laughs> and uh i'm serious i was so sick i couldn't believe it oh you poor thing that's how dare they oh my god that's what but i they said liked you. yeah yeah they yeah that was you. that, that was interesting sick. yeah mm. oh my goodness so well, well that's he, only fair because there's a lot of girls that i've liked and i made them sick so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so fair is fair oh i doubt that i doubt that Oh, so, so that funny. was 
quite a story. So, but that didn't stop you. It didn't. It wasn't enough to make you stop being a ghost hunter. No, that actually propelled me. That that was just like uh, gasoline on a fire. Okay, all right, it's on. You know, let's let, let's let's get to this. You know, so I am I am one of the people, and and I don't I don't say this because you know I've been on Ghost Adventures. You know, my group was on there. We're the only, actually, as far as I know, we're the only group to ghost hunt with them on the show. But um, the TV shows, you know, have been out what the last ten, twelve years, something like that. And there yeah, are lots more that. groups and things like that. Well, I am celebrating my 51st year of ghost hunting. Oh, my. So, I, I mean, I have been around a long time, and I've been to um, most of the famous places in the United States. And I go for a month every year to Scotland to ghost hunt all through Scotland. Oh, fascinating. Now, I've seen your pictures on Facebook, and they're quite spectacular when you mm-hmm. go there. I always wait to see them. So we're going to get into much more of this. We're going to take a very short commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to hear more about your adventures, Rick. So everybody, stay tuned. We will be right back. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with Cosmic Fusion and Quantum Vortex Energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the Source. With Cosmic Fusion, the Source Energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Astridian is a family of cosmetic products with 98% pure ionized minerals. We combine our science with a blend of essential oils to nourish and take care of your skin's health. How does it work? All Astridian products contain the proprietary redox technology, having the capability of simulating an ionic zinc-copper superoxide dismutase effect. This free radical scavenger currently in your body 
has been diminished by toxins and the daily stresses of life. It is a perfectly balanced mineral complex that all $200 an hour dermatologists, their professors, and ancient history have proven. Redux technology is a process of reducing the skin's oxidation by transferring electrons from a radical state to a stress-free normal condition. Oxidative stress is a form of cellular aging, and as science has proven, a precursor to disease. The free radical theory of aging states that organisms age because cells accumulate free radical damage over time. Damaged cells are not beautiful, but healthy cells are. The Astridium family is presented in four different uses that cover unique benefits to your body. They are the Essential Anti-Aging Series, the Multivitamin Series, Sports Series, and Professional Series. Regain your youth with the power of Astridium. Visit www.astridium.com and inquire. Use the code SUPERNATURAL and receive a 10% discount on your first purchase. Astridium, the beauty of being healthy. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, PK, and our guest tonight, the fabulous Rick McCollum. He is a ghost hunter, a stuntman, and an actor. So, Rick, where do we go from here? That was quite a story you just shared with us, but you said that's just one of many. Oh, my goodness. Tell us the next one. Well, the, the next one, I was there. But it didn't happen to me. But it was one of the most bizarre things that, I, that I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And wow. to be honest okay. with you, if I didn't know the people that were involved, and I, you know, I would vouch for their veracity, it would be hard for me to wrap my head around this. Because mm. once I start telling you, you're just going to go, what? But <laughs> I, went with, I went with a okay. group from, uh, from uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh, as they say over there. Um, <laughs> and we went to a place, Yorkshire, England, which well, actually we stopped in Liverpool and went to another place where I happened to see a full-body apparition in the theater, which was actually really cool. Um, but we went over to this place called Bolton Abbey, which is a beautiful, beautiful, you know, grounds right next to the river. And, you know, it's got the abbey itself. There's no roof because they took it off because it was crumbling. And the floor itself is grass. There's no, because the grass has grown over it. And we were, I was there with another group, Anubis Paranormal from, from England, you know, their guests. And we were going around, and uh, there were two other guys there, uh, Peter and Chunk, his name was. And they were bouncers from a bar in Liverpool. And I was walking around the grounds with them, and we walked over, and on the altar, which is not an altar anymore, it's just a rise in the grass. Um, they said that they had had witchcraft and satanic rituals on there, and they had built a fence around it so nobody would go in. Uh, but, you know, they were ghost hunting, so they went in. And they're standing on this, on this altar. And I was trying to tell them that it's not a good idea to mess around in them kind of places. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yes, um, absolutely. It was it was weird because the three of us, the, the two other bouncers and myself, were hollering, and they didn't seem to pay attention. I mean, didn't look over, nothing. And, you know, that that was the first key. I was like, wait a minute, what's up? And then right yeah. then we saw a light on the other side of the uh, building. So we walked around the corner, and as soon as we walked around the corner, we heard all this chaos going on. So we zipped back around the corner. We were only gone 10 seconds at most. 
And the way it was, there was one guy facing, he was standing there facing one way, and there was one, two, three, four, five people facing him. And when we got around there, the, the, one, the girl that was facing him was standing up. The girl behind him was on his knees. The, the guy behind her was on his knees. The guy behind that was laying on his side. And the other guy was on his back, completely knocked out. Oh, now, we're sitting there, and I see the girls working on him, you know, try, go, trying to get to the guy that's knocked out. And I do all, like, the safety and stuff. I'm certified in CPR and, you know, life rescue and stuff because I was a lifeguard for years. So I told uh, Peter, I said, Peter, jump the fence, bring him over here, right? So Peter runs over, grabs him like a sack of wheat, and throws him over the fence to me and Chunk. Well, we go over, we set him down on a, on a chair, and he's leaning against Chunk, and he's totally out, right? And I make sure everybody stays near me. Of course, they were doing that anyway because they're concerned about Brian. And uh, he starts shaking. And I'm thinking there's one of two things. Something's attaching to him or he's going into shock. So I grab him and I set him on his back on the ground. And I say, let's get something and get, you know, pick his feet up. So uh, the one girl there brings over both her equipment cases and we put his feet up. And he's still shaking. So I took off my coat and covered him. And he's still shaking, so everybody there took their coats off, and we just buried him under the coats. And I'm slapping his face trying to get him to wake up, and it took a good 15 minutes to get him back where he could stand up. And I started talking to the people, you know, while he was while he was laying there warming up and stuff, and I, I asked them each one at a time. And I asked the first girl, I said, what happened? And she said, well, Gary was, was uh, trying to lead the thing, and he kept telling us to kneel. And this girl was a soldier. She goes, I told him I'm not going to kneel. And he said, don't you dare defy me. And she goes, I'm going to rugby tackle you off of this altar. <laughs> right, right. Oh, but anyway, okay. she said right then, and this is, I know this is going to sound hard to take, but this is what they told me, and I, I believe them because I know them, that she says a face that looked like a goat's head with no eyes came right through his face at her. And she screamed. Oh, my God. Oh my God! And that's that's what we heard. And then the girl behind her said, "Well, I was already kneeling, but I saw, heard her scream, and I looked up, and I saw a goat's head with no eyes go by." So each person I asked, I didn't get to ask the third guy, but the fourth guy, I asked him. I said, "What happened?" And this gave it a little more value because it made me made me think they didn't all sit around and tell the story, and I didn't think that of them anyway because, like I say, I know them, and I don't. I, I would vouch for them. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, he didn't yeah. say it was a goat's head. He said it looked like a ram's head with no eyes. So I thought, OK, well, they're all trying to describe the same thing, but it sounds a little different, they but are. it's close yeah. enough. And That's then when sure. Brian finally woke up, I asked him, I said, what happened? He goes, I have no idea. <laughs> so <laughs> so but, he did not see the was, No, he didn't see anything. He, all he saw was the inside of his eyes for about 15 minutes. But we get him up, and he's, he's still shivering. So I tell the people, I said, can you guys go get your truck and bring it over here and put it over, and we'll walk him over to that, and you take him, get him hot chocolate or coffee or soup or whatever it is, and warm him up. So earlier in the night, this is part of the whole thing, uh, the one girl, that, that is a, she's a medium, and she's pretty well known, she was walking through this gate, and there, there is a, uh, I don't know, what would you say, part of the legend is if something has hold of you from in there, it won't let you cross this gate so mm -hmm. the girl's walking up to the gate she stops and she turns around and she looks at us and her she had a cross on from the vatican 
and it pulled backwards and actually put a friction burn on her neck while she's standing there. Oh and, goodness. you know, we all, we're all looking at her. She goes, I can't go through the door. I said, you got to go, right? And her name's Mandy, and Mandy says, all right, all right. She, she forces herself to get through there. Well, the next one was a girl who's a soldier, and she's as tough as they come. And she looks at me, she goes, something's trying to keep me here, too. And she just soldiers on right through it. Well, I get up there, and I, I just walk through it. It didn't bother me a bit. But we get the guy, you know, when we're bringing, we go back and we've got Brian and me and Peter, one of the bouncers, have him under the arms, and we're taking him, and he's got his head down, and he's staggering. You know, he's still not all the way there. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to see what happens when we get near the fence right, because this other stuff that had happened and the legend of it, and something definitely mm-hmm. happened to him. Mm-hmm. So when we yeah. got there, he's got his head down. He doesn't know where he is. And we get about 10 feet from the fence, and he puts his feet down. He yanks his head up, and he starts trying as hard as he can to go backwards, right? So I looked over at Peter. I said, Peter, pick him up. So me and Peter picked him up and ran him through the gate and just threw him in the back of the car, right? And I said, get him over there and get him hot stuff. So they drove off with him so he couldn't try to get back in. But um, what was that, causing that, this, though, Rick? What do you think was was behind all this? I mean, certainly we know a lot of wild stuff goes on with witchcraft and with satanic ritual. But what exactly was happening there? Well, you know, I can't tell you. I mean, it would be all conjecture. But my my theory on what happened, just the fact that it's a goat's head with no eyes, is, is a classic symbol of of, of demons. I mean, it's, there's mm-hmm. no doubt that's a classic thing. And, uh, you know, the fact that they all saw the same thing on a place that people had been doing satanic worship and witchcraft, you know, that's yeah. one reason I don't go and ghost hunt on places like that, because somebody else could have opened a door. and You never know who's going to walk through, you know. Good. So and grab- that's a very good point. Yes. Yeah, so that's the only thing I can figure is that, you know, because you're not going to get six people to tell you the same story and not, you know, right. you know, even if they now, were making you, it up, they, you, you would catch it. And, and, and like I said, I trust oh, these yeah. people. They, they weren't making mm-hmm. anything up. Did anybody take any audio or video of this experience or the area? Did anything, did anybody do well, that? It, no. Well, I was taking video and stuff, but I didn't get anything. Uh, there were other mm-hmm. people taking video, and they didn't get anything. But we had other things happen. Um, you guys have never met me, but I'm I'm a big guy. I'm like 6'4", 240 pounds. And, wow. You know, my guy. idea of having an extensive wardrobe is everything I own is black. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's but easy to coordinate. The, the, yeah, the girl that was the soldier, she comes walking out of the cathedral area, and I'm off onto the side. And I'm, I've got the K2 meter, and, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to get something going. And she looks at me, and she's startled. She goes, how long have you been here? I, said, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. And she goes, I just walked through the, through over there. And she points back at the cathedral. She goes, I was following right behind you. I said, you saw me? She goes, well, I saw a big black shape right in front of me. I thought it was you. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, wasn't me. And then the psychic uh, Mandy said that she was down there and she saw a big black shape come up from by the uh, river and, and walk towards the cathedral and then disappear. So mm. um, Bolton Abbey is a, a very strange place. But that wasn't it for the end of the craziness that night. Uh, this has nothing to do with paranormal, but it 
it's I don't I, who knows it's just a whole lot of weirdness when we're driving home about three in the morning I guess and the guy's driving and there's nobody on the highway all of a sudden the girl in the back seat screams I'm sitting in the front and I'm so tall I can't see anything because he's it's a small car and I can see in front of me right but he yeah. all of a sudden th- throws a hard 90 degree turn in the middle of the highway we're going like 70 miles an hour right oh, wow. and he starts going prayers and light prayers and light prayers and light prayers and light and i'm like what the hell is going on right so he pulls over and i said what's going on and he still keeps driving he goes and the girl goes there was a young guy up on the bridge and he was trying to jump and i said what and they said yeah he was actually standing on the outside of the bridge and when they he saw us our car coming he leaned out. He had his hands back on the bars behind him, and he leaned out and squatted, and he was going to jump in front of our car, which oh if he had landed on our car would have killed all of us in there because, I mean, he was up probably 30 to 40 feet, and we were going 70 miles an hour. But uh, he didn't go uh, because uh, Gary had seen him and swerved because he was you know, pretty sure that he was trying to use the car to finish himself off. Mm. But, Mm-mm. you know, Jeez. I mean – High weirdness all night. <laughs> you know, it's like goodness gracious. Yeah, and unpleasant yeah. stuff. I mean, stuff where people are getting knocked unconscious and seeing devil uh, symbolism. It's yeah, that's pretty spooky stuff. But it didn't deter you, <laughs> did it? No, <laughs> that fires me up even more. <laughs> of course. <laughs> did you guys ever see the movie Tombstone? Yes. There's a line in there that perfectly fits what happened that night. And there's a thing there after Wyatt Earp walks into the thing and everybody's shooting at him. They can't hit him, and he's killing everybody right and left. And they're all sitting there, and the one guy goes, have you ever seen anything like that? And he goes, hell, I ain't even ever heard anything like that. And that's (laughs) that's exactly – I've never heard anything like this. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I say, that's... people send me stuff for the magazine. I'm online all the time. People are always sending me their stories and stuff. I've never heard anything like this. Mm. So, yeah, crazy. so that that was very crazy, very crazy stuff. But yeah, it, you know, it makes sense. I mean, that that type of energy, it it has a a large large field, and can certainly mm-hmm. reach out far beyond uh, you know where where it originated. So if, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that other people were affected by it and became depressed, suicidal, whatever, because that all is part and parcel of that energy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I would guess so, yeah. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, equate the guy jumping because he was a ways away. And, you know, I, and I asked because I, I didn't know this. I said, man, who in the world would jump off a bridge and try and land on a car to kill themselves? And I said, and the guy says, oh, it's, it's pretty common around here. I was like, "You're kidding!" Really? Good grief! See, that's People my jump point. off bridges in front of cars. Yeah, see that—that's what mm. I'm saying. Is once that energy takes hold in an area, it goes out far and wide. It doesn't just stay in that one well, specific that, that may, spot. You know, that—that that definitely may be something to that. You know, I think so. My goodness, yes, it's really amazing. Well, so how long did you stay over there in Scotland? I stayed there for a month every year. Oh, oh my goodness! Okay, and so yeah, I actually uh, go around there. Roslyn Chapel a lot, and up in that area, St Andrews. Okay, yeah. So now, with Roslyn Chapel, that's really a crazy place, isn't it? Because it has demon heads and 
devil heads all through the, the chapel? Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's got gargoyle heads and all kinds of stuff around it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that I is- made any friends there. I mean, I have a lot of friends at Roslyn Chapel, but I asked the guy that ran the place, because the big story ever since the Da Vinci Code came out was that they hid the uh, Holy Grail and the Ark of the Covenant at Roslyn Chapel, the Knights Templar right. did. Mm-hmm. And I happen to know something about the Knights Templar because I was fascinated by them. And uh, I asked the guy, I said, look, I want to ask you a question when nobody else is around. And he goes, okay, what is it? I said, this place was built in 1447. And he goes, yeah. And I said, uh, and the Knights Templar brought the uh, Ark of the Covenant and all that stuff here? And he goes, yeah. And I said, the Knights Templar were wiped out in 1307. That's 100, 140 years earlier. And he just looked at me like it had never dawned on him <laughs> this huge gap yeah, in history exactly. from, on wow. the story. Yeah, so how could they be there? Yeah. How could they have delivered yeah. the, the ark or whatever there? Yeah, that's a good question that you asked. I'm sure he liked you well, after I did, that, well, huh? Well, no, no, you're still very nice. People in Scotland, by the way, are the <laughs> nicest people on the planet. I mean, they are so really? nice. It, they are sickly nice. I mean, they're so nice you want to punch them. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lady over there. Uh, I messed up my my reservations, all, all on me because I was I was being a big shot because I knew a lot of different hotel people from being there so many times, and uh, I only got three days of reservations at the one. I was going to stay out by Roslyn again, and I went out there and I said, "Hey, I want to get a room for the weekend." She goes, "Oh, we're we're totally booked." And I was like, "This place is never booked. You know, I'm usually the only one, or there's two people in the place. You know, there's eight rooms in this little place right across the street from the the chapel." And uh, mm-hmm. she goes, you don't know what's going on, do you? And I went, that's frequently the case. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so she goes, she goes, the European Rugby Championship is here. She goes, and I was just on the oh. master uh, hotel list. She goes, there's not a room between here and Glasgow. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh my goodness. uh-oh. So I asked her, I said, is there any other place I can try? She goes, yeah, there's one other place. Call her. So I called this lady, and I said, look. I screwed up on my reservations. Do you have anything? And she goes, no, I'm sorry. We've renovated and we, you know, we don't have many rooms and we're all booked up. And I went, ah, dang it. And she goes, what's the matter? I said, well, I, you know, I saved up all year to come here for a month and it looks like, you know, two days from now, I'm going to have to leave. I'll be here like a total of four days. And she goes, oh, can I call you back? And I said, sure. So she calls me back about a half an hour later and she says, look, I don't know if you'd be interested in this. Now, I've never met this lady. Just uh, called right. her on the phone. She goes, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but I talked to me mum. <laughs> right? She goes, me mum is going to England to visit her sister for two weeks, and she said you can use her house while she's gone. Oh, my and goodness, I said, how sweet. I said, really? I said, how much does she want? She goes, don't you dare offer her money. She'll get mad. Oh, and I said, wait wow. a minute. Wait a minute. I said, you're going to let me live in your mother's house for two weeks for free, and you've never met me. Why? Right? She goes, it's simple. Yeah. Because – you're asking why, and you asked to pay. And I went, uh, oh, okay. Uh-huh. So we ended, up, we ended up, they're actually really good friends of mine now. I mean, I always visit them and stay at the other end when I come there, you know, to make sure I get to hang out with them for a while. So, but I mean, that's how the people in Scotland are. Mm. Well, know, no wonder you want to go there every year. That's a wonderful story and a good testament to their character. They were so happy to help you. Gosh, that's great. Well, there's supposed well, to be I, a I big people, portal out that way. You what? Oh, you con people? There, <laughs> every place out there is haunted. I mean, every place in Scotland is haunted. I mean, if you go back and look at their 
history. It is one of the most bloody nations in the history of the world. You know, because the English and the British were duking it out, mm-hmm. or the Scottish and the British were Scottish, duking it yeah. out for hundreds of years. And not only that, the clans were duking it out with each other. So even though Scotland, and I don't know if you know this, because I didn't even know this, I was really surprised, Scotland was voted the most beautiful country in the world. Oh, I and didn't know after, that. And after you've been there, you realize why. I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's amazing. But... uh yeah, it's. Uh, I, I wouldn't wouldn't doubt that the whole place is a portal because you know, very rarely do you go anywhere and not have some activity. And, and the nice and thing so about Scotland, there. well, you know, there's a lot of dilapidated castles. And the nice thing yeah. is, if they're dilapidated, and you want to go ghost hunting them. You know what you do? You go in them and ghost hunt. There's no forms to fill out. There's no security. There's nothing. But on the other hand, if he broke your leg, you know, fell down and broke your leg, you'd go before the judge and say, I want to sue them. And he goes, well, what do you expect? Banging around in a dark castle in the middle of the night. Dismissed. That's what I'm saying, though. The people are so ridiculously nice. I, I'll tell you another one real quick. Um, yeah, this one hotel I stay in, uh, I got to be friends with one of the front guys. And the front guy says, look. I want you to stay in this one room. And I said, okay. And it's a travel lodge. So I'm not expecting much. You know, I mean, they're nice places to stay. You know, they're, you know, you get your money's worth. But, you know, they're not the, the Hilton or the Balmoral, right? But anyway, yeah. I go in, and the Balmoral, by the way, is right across the street. That's where the Rolling Stones were staying when I was there. So, you know, it's a pretty high-class thing, 700 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, yeah, he says, I want you to go up to this room. And he, it's 412. I go up in there, and this thing is like the size of three rooms. It's got a full, uh, like two full windows view of all of everything downtown of Edinburgh, where you can see Arthur's Seat, the famous mountain. You can see the train station. You can see Edinburgh Castle. It's like this enormous view that you could never believe you've got. And it's gotten to the point now – this last year I put down, I'm getting excited. I'm getting ready to get all my reservations for, you know, for Scotland. And the manager of this hotel just put on my Facebook, 412, with a question mark. <laughs> I just put down, yes. So, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're so, they're so nice. And uh, I hardly suggest anybody that's into ghost hunting, go to Scotland. Yes. I've never I'm ready. thought that. It sounds Neat. lovely. Yeah. Oh, it so is. What else did you, it is. What else did you find when you were ghost hunting there in Scotland? Anything that also uh, terrified you or really caught your attention as being incredibly weird? Well, one thing that, that got my attention, there's uh, a place called Arthur's Seat, and it's a, a mountain that's on an angle, and it's right maybe a mile and a half out of Edinburgh. And you can see it from everywhere, and it's a famous place. They call it Arthur's Seat because they say King Arthur used to be up on top of it, which pretty much every mountain in has Arthur used to sit on it. So, you know, but uh, there, there's a, fort, a chapel from the 1400s that there's hardly any of it left. And um, me and Brian, actually the guy that ended up the next year getting swatted at, at Bull Nabby, he and I go up there at 9.30 at night. Now, 9.30 at night in the summer is like noon here. It, I mean, it's as bright really? as it can it's be. It, yeah, it's like, 
yeah, it's like noon, you know. <laughs> but anyway, we get up to this place, and we get the K2 meter, and this thing has the most awesome K2 thing, that, that one of them anyway, that I've ever had. We start asking, say, are you one of the priests that was here? And it goes all five lights. We say, are you sure you're one of the priests here? And it goes all five lights. Because whenever I ghost hunt, I double ask everything on the K2. I make it confirm what it's saying. And Tell I pull everybody little tricks what the K2 is also, Rick, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Just explain yeah. what that is. Yeah the, yeah, the K2 meter is a thing with five lights on it. One light just means it's on. Uh, and it goes up. It's it's milligauss. So each each light is higher milligauss. It's it's much like the Mel meter, but it's the lights will give you like instant feedback. You don't have to watch the numbers and try and figure out what they are. Um, and it picks up electromagnetic field. Now, if okay. you hold it up to a TV set, it'll go like solid three lights. If you hold it next to a, a you know a box electrical box, it'll go like solid three lights. Uh, one thing that I've learned that is most of the time electricity when you come near it will register as solid light when you come along across other things that may be spirit energy it blinks oh okay, okay. It's, it it doesn't just say say solid uh stay solid but the higher the number of lights the stronger it is and when you're getting like three three that's pretty good you get four that's real good and when if you start getting five light answers to everything you're asking i mean it's like very rare but we were getting five lights answers to everything we were asking, saying, uh, were you one of the priests here? Is there anybody else here with you? I mean, everything we asked, wow. it answered. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, I've had that, the K2, which a lot of people say, well, it doesn't really work. And, you know, I, I heartily disagree. And I just came back from Scarefest, which is a huge paranormal and horror show in Kentucky. And a lot of the uh, paranormal groups would come up, and I would talk to them, and we were talking, and I'd tell them about the K2, and they go, well, I don't know. I said, let me show you one thing. And I showed them something that happened in another place, and they were watching, and they went, we've never seen anything like that. I said, well, I actually developed these two techniques myself. And they said, I've never seen a K2 reading like that. And what happens is sometimes a K2 meter will just keep running, and what I tell it, I tell it beforehand. I tell them what it is and how I want them to use it, which nobody else does. So, I mean, if you think you're talking to a ghost from the 1800s, why would they know what a K2 meter is and how it works? Well, exactly. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I usually say, if you want this to work, stand real close to it. All the lights will go off. I know you're here. We can communicate, right? So yeah. I said, there's a spear here. And it comes up and it goes, and it just keeps going. I said, all right, here's what you're going to have to do. If you stay this close to it all the time, I will not be able to communicate with you. So back up so it goes down to zero or to one, and it instantly goes to one. And the people looked and they went, I've never seen that in my life. I said, well, sometimes you have to communicate with them so they know what it is. So every well, time yeah, it started to do that, I said, and I'd say, go back to one, and it would instantly do it. The people were really impressed by that. And the other thing that I did, I said, uh, I was asking them, I said, um, are, are there more people here? And it goes all five lights. And I said, okay, so there are more people here. And it goes off again. And I said, all right, I'm going to count. Will you make the lights go off when I get to it? And I go two, and it goes off, right? And then I go three, four. And the people are looking at me like, why are you still counting? It went off at two. And I go five. And I go two, and it goes off again. And they go, oh, that's cool, you know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, I developed that technique myself. So they said, yeah, we've never seen anything like that. And what was really cool is the guy goes, 
why don't you have your own TV show? And I said, well, you know, Kane makes too much money playing Jason to, for us to have a TV show. And they said, no, why don't you just you have a TV show? I said, well, that would be great, but nobody ever asked me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you do. Uh, by by you the way, I'll give, you, I, I'll give you a funny story real quick. I was at one of these conventions, and this guy comes up and he goes, yeah, you got a really good group because, you know, Kane plays Jason, uh, R.A. plays Leatherface. So we've, the, some of the guys in our group are pretty famous. But this yeah. one guy came up to me, and he says to me, he goes, yeah, you, you guys are a pretty cool group. He says, but some of these other guys have been on TV. And I said, uh, yeah. And he goes, yeah, but they have their own TV show. And I said, well, we've done over 300 movies between just the three of us. We win. that's right you do gosh well you know and honestly you know how far can you take some of this stuff on television because you never know what's going to happen it's a real iffy thing and there have been accusations leveled at some of the ghost hunter series that and actors that they're actually making it up because you can't really count on the ghost to cooperate every time you go into a place right well, that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've sat alone in a dark building and just sat there and absolutely nothing happened. I mean, more <laughs> times than I care to count. But yeah, it uh, I, I will tell you, the, the biggest ovation I've ever gotten at any of the uh, talks that we give, you know, at these paranormal conventions, somebody asked, mm-hmm. they said, well, why don't you guys have a TV show? And I said, well, I'll tell you real quickly. I said, a very big production company asked us to have a TV show, and they had the power to get us on. And the guy looks at me, and we're getting along great, and he looks at me and he goes, uh, so, and he asked me the same question you did, but in a little different way. He said, so, you know, we're going to hit some spots where it's, you know, nothing's happening, and, you know, it's a TV show, so what can we do? And I told the crowd, I said, so I asked him point blank, I said, are you suggesting that we fake evidence? And he goes, well, we got to keep the place, in, you know, interested Hmm. And I told him, I said, I got up, and I said, hey, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. You know, and just yeah. walked out. So, you know, that's the, the only thing that I have to my name that I can protect is my integrity. Right. And that makes and that's very yes. important to me. So, that's, yeah, it's, know, it's, it's just something I'll you. fight about. You know, it's good for you. Rip, what and I draws think you to certain places? What draws you to uh, certain I'm, places that may, may not have any information about them at this point in time? But all the, what do you feel that makes you feel that an area should be looked into? Um, usually it's just from, from word of mouth from other people of things that have happened mm-hmm. or the history of the place. But I'll give you a, for instance, I was walking back home from the market. It's about a mile and a half from here. And there's an old house. Now, I live in an area that's mostly apartments. And there's this old two-story house there. And I've never seen anybody there. And I was walking along, and I just stopped, and I was looking up there. And in the second-floor window was a little girl, maybe 10, 11 years old, in a white dress, looking at me. Right? So I waved, Mm -hmm. you know, friendly dude. And she didn't budge. (laughs) Right? So I waved again. And, you know, she just waved a little bit and gone. Right? She didn't vanish in front of me. Just she turned around and was gone. Right? And I was like, huh, finally somebody moved in. Well, about two months later, I'm walking along, and there's this guy out in the front hacking all the weeds down, and he's obviously cleaning up the place because it was all overgrown. You know, nobody had been in there for a long time. And a little boy was out there, and he was, I was talking to him. He goes, yeah, this is my, my son. I said, well, I saw your daughter. He goes, I don't have a daughter. I Uh-oh. said, well, did somebody live in here just before this? He goes, no, this place, nobody's lived here for years. And I oh, said, well, uh, 
come on over here. I want to tell you something. And he goes, why? I said, because I don't want your son to hear it, right? And he walks over. I said, about two months ago, there was about 10 or 11-year-old girl in a white dress standing in that window right there. So sometimes I'm drawn to things, and mm-hmm. that's you know that, that'll happen with buildings too. I mean, I've been inside um, the market I go to, and they said, you know, I got my Hollywood ghost hunter shirt on, and they'll say, yeah, ghost hunting, yeah, do you ever feel spirits? And I said, sometimes. They said, uh, you do? And I said, yeah. I said, there's two of them in here. They went, what? I said, yeah, there's a man and a woman here in here. And the guy goes, are you kidding? I said, no, the woman seems to be back by the meat department, right? And he goes, you're kidding. And I said, no. And he goes, the woman in the meat department committed suicide. <gasps> wow. Oh, wow. Now, did you like, actually well, see her, Rick? No, I mean, did you like. I, I, I feel the presence. How did you know? I, you know, I you just, feel it. Okay. I just feel them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you one that, that is easy to figure out. My friend Brian, these people were also at Bolton, the soldier lady and Brian. We were at a place called Hale's Castle, which is a castle that's in all this wheat grass, and there's no houses within 200 yards of it. It's just a little castle, right? And it's all beat up, all dilapidated, and we're walking up the stairs in there, and I stopped, and I looked off out in the wheat grass. And there's no lights out there, just the moon and, you know, the stars. I mean, you can see the houses off in the distance, but they're not close enough to give you any light. And I'm looking, and Brian says, what are you looking at? I said, there's something right there. And he goes, I don't see anything. And he said, I said, I'm telling you, there's something right there, right? So he walks down to the gate, and he's probably 50 yards from where I was looking, and he comes back. He goes, man, there's there's nothing there, right? I said, okay, right? So we started to walk out. We Every time we would go by there, I'd stop and look out there. And they said, you really think there's something out there? I said, I don't think there's something out there. I'm telling you, there's something out there. So the, as we left that night, uh, we're standing on the steps, and I'm standing there, and I told them one more time. I said, guys, I have to tell you, and I pointed, there's something right there, right? And right when I pointed, what looked like an old-time lantern lit up right in the field where I was pointing, oh, went my. about five steps and went out. Oh. And if you could imagine the looks on their face, I mean, they were like, how did you know that? I said, I've been telling you all night it was over there. Yeah. Right? You were. So you were announcing just, it. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, if you stay at it long enough and you open yourself up, things are a lot easier. Matter of fact, my favorite line is, I finally started finding ghosts when I stopped hunting for them. Ooh. Mm, that's so if apropos. I, good line. Mm. Yeah, if I go into a place, I go in there and I go, hi, I'm Rick. How you doing? You know, mm-hmm. I, I was on. Uh, a, I was on a, a, you know, a, you know, very well-known radio station one night, and they listened to a, um, a voice recording I had, and somebody called in and said, "You are by far the most polite ghost hunter we've ever heard." So I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, thank you, thank you." And, and they said, "Why do you do that?" And I, and I said, "What do you mean?" They said, "Do you ever provoke?" I said, "Never." They said, well, why not? I said, let me ask you a question. Let's let's assume that these spirits are people that passed away. He goes, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I said, that means they have their own personalities and everything else. That's, you know, they were here. I said, now let me ask you this. If I walked over to your house and started screaming at you and calling your names, would you want to talk to me and have me hang around? And he says, 
no. I said, then why do you think people that, you know, have passed away and are now spirits are going to want to communicate with me when I can't see them unless they want me to, right? They won't talk to me unless they want to. Why do you think they're going to interact with me if I'm acting like a jerk? <laughs> and yes, and exactly. then people are like, well, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. <laughs> well, we've had these conversations, PK and I, over the years uh, with guests on our show, and they are hunting for the wolf man or hunting for dog man or hunting for Bigfoot. I mean, it, it implies an aggressive nature right there. And the mm-hmm. people that we've had on the show that do what you do, which is set up a respectful communication, they're the ones that get the answers. They're the ones that get the most fascinating pieces of information. So it makes sense to do it like you do it. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I say, I think if you're open to it and let it come mm-hmm. to you, you know, it's like when you first come into a room and there's a dog and he's a little shy of you. If you go over mm-hmm. and try and get him to play with you, he's going to push away. But if you just sit there, eventually he's going to come to you. Yeah, good you know, point. And that's the right. same way Same way with that. Now, have you ever had the experience, Rick, of, of going into a, a place and a ghost follows you home? Um, I can't say for sure. I have had something in here that didn't belong here, um, which was quite scary. Uh I don't think I brought it home with me, though, because personally, and it's, it's hard to say this without sounding like a self-aggrandizing jerkwad, <laughs> but <laughs> I know that I'm not alone. You know, mm-hmm. I happen to know right. that there are mm-hmm. things around me that protect me because I've right. almost died right. and something interceded on my behalf in no uncertain terms to keep me from getting killed. So I know that I, there's something protecting me. So that doesn't bother me. When people are saying, do you do anything to, you know, not have them follow you home? It's nope. So I don't think anything has ever followed me home, but I have had something appear in my, my apartment, and it was nasty. So well, was it? It took a while. Well, it was just a big black shape that stood up in front of me in the middle of the night when I was going to get a drink of water. And... Like I said, I'm a big guy, and it just dwarfed me. And the lights were out, but I have light that comes in through the the blinds. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. I could see this movement, and I I threw my fist up because I think it's a burglar, right? My first thing is in spirit. Oh, yeah. Because I can see this thing move. So I'm standing there, and as it goes up, I can see it backlit by the uh, light from the kitchen, and there's a light on the microwave, you know, the clock. Mm -hmm. And as it goes up, I see the light in the clock go out. So I know that there's something between the clock and me blocking the light, mm-hmm. right? So I know something's there, and it goes up, and I mean it's huge, right? And I could actually kind of feel, if you're open to stuff, an energy coming from it. And the energy was not nice, let's put it that way. This this was me. How did you get hard. rid of it? Well, what I did is I just stood there, and I wasn't going to give it the, you know, what it wanted it was obviously trying to scare me and it was doing a good job but i wasn't going to let it see it scare me right so finally i waited for a second and mm-hmm. i kind of faked one direction jumped the other and hit the light just in case it was actually a really burglar really a burglar and it was mm-hmm. gone mm-hmm. but it, it wow. would make itself known every once in a while so finally 
I had my uh, spirit box out. There was a couple girls here, and they were playing with it. And I had started to see white shadows. Now, other than the TV show, I've never even heard of a white shadow, right? So I thought to myself, well, mm-hmm. if the dark shadows could be something bad, maybe the white shadows are something good, right? So good I asked the, the spirit box was, was just chattering. And you know that they don't do that. You know, if you get a word every five minutes, it's pretty cool. This, they were one word after another, yeah. after another, and after another. And finally, I just said, look, what are the white shadows? And it said something like lint or macaroni, you know, something that made absolutely no sense, right? And I said, no, I'm serious. I really want to know what the white shadows are. And it said two words in a row, which they generally don't say, and it went, scent protection. Oh, my. And, oh, and I was like, good. and. And I thought, oh, well, that's pretty cool. And one of the girls goes, well, are you good or bad? And it went, loving. And I was like, oh, ah, sweet. the good guys are here. Right? So that night, um, I had a feeling that he was here. Let's just put it that way. I won't say exactly what happened. But I had a feeling that he was here. And I walked out into the, into the living room. It's like 2 in the morning. And I just went off on it. And I just said, you son of a gun you get out of here don't you ever come back and if you want to you know you know you want to get busy you know show yourself right now and i'll take care of you myself which is kind of a stupid thing to do uh, but i was really <laughs> fed up and, and and i knew that i wasn't the only one going to be in this fight so i was a little braver than i might have been and uh nothing showed up and it hasn't come back oh darn good work and that's been it yeah, and that's been it. like about three years ago. But, I mean, my neighbors hate me. You son of a guy, get out, you dirty. <laughs> Screaming at the top of my lungs at 2 in the morning. I, you know, I got Uh-oh. no Christmas cards that year, you know. Not bad. Not bad. But oh I tell my. people That's stories cute. like that. and they, they, You know, you tell people that and they think you're crazy, you know. We don't. Is, I mean, you know, I have you know, to say, Rick, though, you know, a lot of people have come to accept the paranormal. And certainly mm-hmm. television is a lot with that, with all the shows that are out there today, the scripted ones and the reality ones. It's really made a difference, don't you think? Oh, yeah. You know what? The turnaround in the acceptance of paranormal is amazing. I mean, before you could count on eye rolls and a, a snort if you told them you ghost hunted. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, nowadays, you do, and the first thing they say, well, I've got a ghost in my apartment. I mean, everybody has a ghost story now. Yeah, you know, exactly. One, one of my friends who is the biggest skeptic in the world. And I mean, seriously, and he's a super nice guy, but he, you know, he's one of those, you bet you got to show me guys. And he told me one time after I was telling him stuff and he just said real quietly, he goes, I've seen two angels. Oh my. I said, I said, really? And he explained it. And I said, yeah, that's sounds like you saw the real deal. So, I mean, I think more people have had stuff happen to them that they don't realize what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are too mm-hmm. much, too much right now. Headphones, televisions, sitting at the computer, music's banging. You know, for them to actually have anything happen. And if it's happening, you know, mm-hmm. they could be tap dancing behind you, and you wouldn't know it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, "Why don't we have UFO experiences?" Well, have you gone out and looked at the sky lately? I mean, that's where you're going to have your experiences. Look up instead of into your iPad or your phone or mm-hmm. something like that. Exactly. Do you guys know who Stanton Friedman is? Oh, sure. Yes. Well, Stanton's a friend of mine, 
and uh, actually, I had the, the the good fortune to have dinner with him and Chris Rutkowski, who's like the Canadian Stan Friedman. And mm-hmm. the first time I met him, I, we were in the green room. We were doing a radio show from the Queen Mary, and Stan looks at me with you know with those eyebrows and over the glasses, and he goes, <laughs> "So you're a yeah. ghost hunter, are you?" And I went, "Well, yeah." And he goes, "And you believe in ghosts, although there's not a shred of empirical evidence for it." <laughs> and I looked at him and said, you're into UFOs? And he looked at me for a second, and he smiled, and he goes, touche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> have you ever had any UFO experiences, Rick? Uh, yeah, actually, I have. And it, nothing earth-shaping or something. I love the stars. I mean, I really mm-hmm. do. I mean, if I get it, I live in California. You never see stars out here because there's so much ambient light, you can't see anything. But I used to drive from L.A. to Tennessee, and sometimes I'd drive, like, through New Mexico in the middle of the night, and the stars out there are spectacular. Mm-hmm. And one night it, they were so spectacular. This was back when I was first starting. I had my 73 El Camino with the big smashed-in, you know, back end. You know, I, you know, I was a chick <laughs> magnet driving around in that car. But uh, <laughs> I actually pulled off the I side really of the imagine. road, you know. And pulled off the side of the road, and the Milky Way was like, I mean, gorgeous that night. So I actually went and sat on the hood of my car and, and just leaned back on the windshield and was just leaning back looking at the sky. And I saw something going across the sky, and I'm, I'm wise that's, that you can actually see satellites with your eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're, if they're low, you can actually see satellites. So I watched it, and then it made a 90-degree turn. And I went, oh, oh, well, hello. No you know, so that, yeah. that, that was that was really interesting. And then I was watching, doing a movie in Northern California in the Redwood Forest, a movie called Love in the Time of Monsters, and they were filming. And I walked off only about 30 yards away from everybody, and I'm looking up into the sky, and I saw pretty much the exact same thing again. So I've hmm. seen things that, you know, they weren't airplanes. Airplanes can't do that, you know. No, nope, they can't. You know, um so you've yeah, had those just, experiences uh, also. What I about uh, seeing? What about Bigfoot or other cryptids? Have you had any close encounters with them? Uh, I ha- I had something happen to me when I was a kid in Oregon. When I when I was growing up, I lived in a place called Sam's Valley, which was like mm-hmm. real, real rural. It was twelve miles north of Medford, and I remember my dad and I had gone to go uh, hunting up on the up on the uh, Table Rock Mountain. There it's a plateau right next to our house, and we walked up and there was a gigantic thing of bush, right? And we heard something move in there. And he said, well, see if it's a deer. Get down, because I was like 12, you know, get down on your hands and knees and kind of slither in there and see what it is. Well, I got oh, my God. Maybe Sent you in there? Two feet. Yeah, I was, I was the bait, you know. So anyway, I go in about maybe two feet. And, I mean, we hear something that goes, and, I mean, Probably a bear, but there, nobody had ever seen a bear in that area, you know. But don't know what it was. Scared the living poop out of me. Scared the living poop out of my dad because I came out of there faster than he could shoot that gun because I was, I'm out of here. Right? And we, we, you know, we just split. We said, whatever that was that made that noise, we don't want to know what it is. So off we went. Oh, God. I guess it's probably a bear, you know. Uh, you know, it could have been a like wild said, boar though, or something, but it was. You know, mm. well, it's a known area for big Bigfoot up there. I mean, it up is. in that there area, there's a lot yeah. of, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this area yeah. between the two Table Rock Mountains is like there was like nobody lived there. It was like little house on the prairie place when I lived there. Yeah, so it's a perfect so, spot so, to run into Bigfoot. Actually, I have been invited uh, by a couple people that are in New York that have a Bigfooting organization to go Bigfooting with them, and I'm going to do it. So oh, well, I'm really looking forward to that. Because I, my that interest isn't great. just in ghosts. My interest is in everything paranormal. I'm right. just going to say it sounds that way, everything paranormal. Yeah, yeah. well, this would be fun for you to go. That, the box that you use, Rick, uh, d- is that purchased? Do you make it? Is it something? No, no. What, the little box that I use is, is a um, SB7. So a little, little tiny spirit box. Um, they use it on like ghost adventures and stuff like that. Um, and it just sweeps quickly through the radio stations and things like that. And you'll get words out of it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time it means nothing. But um, I'll, I'll give you a for instance of how accurate this can be. I was with, and I have this on tape, by the way. Um, and I'll have to paraphrase because I might get a couple of the words mistaken or something like that, but you'll get the flavor of it anyway. Um, We were doing a uh, spirit box session at a place called the William Heat Davis House, which is the oldest house, I believe, in San Diego, and it's a museum, and it's got an eight-foot wrought iron gate, you know, fence around it. And it was after Christmas, and we were downstairs, and there there were five of us, uh, four girls and me, (laughs) <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. But we're sitting there, and the box goes, outside, beware, men, danger, or, or something, and then uh, wasted, police. So the girl looks outside, and there's three guys trying to break in the gate. Oh, no. Right as it said that, she just, after it said that, she looks out the window, she goes, there's three guys trying to break in the gate. So she goes out there, and these guys are drunk, and they're arguing with her, and they're trying to pull the gate open and everything else. And uh, she says, you can't come in. And I was leaving her alone. I was standing up on the steps because she's the docent. I didn't want to push my way into it, right? And then the one guy got real bludgeoned. He goes, yeah, well, you know, who's going to stop us? So I walked down. I said, I'll mm-hmm. stop you, right? And he goes, he goes, you really think so? And I said, open the gate to the girl. And the three of them went, what? Right? And then it dawned on me what the spirit box had said, wasted police. Yeah. I said, well, how about this? How about if I just call the police and have them come pick up your drunk asses and send you to jail? And they flipped me off and yelled names and, and left. <laughs> but but it was so weird. It was exactly. Spirit, yeah. He told, they warned you. They told you what exactly was going on. Well, there was more to it that night. I can't believe that girl went out there. She didn't just immediately call the police. She went out to confront them. Well, they were on the other side of the gate, so she knew, you know, she, she was it was a wrought iron gate. She was safe, yeah, that, right? you know, if she, if she st- just stepped back, she'd be okay, you know. Okay. But I didn't like wow. the way they were treating her, so I got a little ticked off and got a little more heated a little bit. Yeah. But that night, um, and this also had witnesses. I, I I love it when people see things happen, so I don't sound like I'm making stuff up because, I, like I said, my integrity is very important to me. Um, mm-hmm. There was this girl there that I liked, which is very rare, and uh, she didn't like <laughs> me back, which is not very rare. But anyway... <laughs> We were upstairs, and uh, we, we were walking down the steps, and she says, oh, they're doing another spirit box thing. Let's just sit on the steps. 
So she sits on the top one, and I've already gone a couple past her. Now, it's a real good thing that my big butt was heading towards the step because something shoved me from behind and hard and shoved me so hard that my face almost hit my knees because I was going like this and my face, my head went flying, but I was able to catch my balance before I went down the stairs. Well, Brandy screams when she sees what happens, right? And the girls come running around the corner and go, what happened? She goes, something shoved him. He almost went flying headfirst down the stairs, right? But here's, here's the, you know, we were there for a little while longer and then Brandy was ready to go. So, San Diego at night can be sketchy, and she was pretty, so I decided I would walk her to her car. Besides that, she had chocolate chip cookies for me. So, pretty girl, <laughs> chocolate chip cookies, I'm out of here. Oh, right? boy, what a deal. <laughs> yeah, so we're, so we're walking back, and the girl, the leader of the, ghost hunter, the San Diego Ghost Hunters calls me. She goes, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? She goes, listen to this. And she plays it for me, and she goes, uh, all right. Who pushed Rick on the stairs? And it goes, spirits. She goes, spirits? How many spirits pushed Rick? Five. And she goes, why did five spirits push Rick? She goes, he's big. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. And she she has it on tape. I mean, it's like. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that is great. Well, you have had some of the funniest adventures, but but it could have been dangerous. Thank God it wasn't. And you were able to uh, stabilize yourself after getting pushed like that. Well, you know, I've been doing anybody... stunts for 37 years. If, it, if I had gone down the stairs, right. I might have got a bump or a bruise, but I would have been okay. Yeah. We would have been mm. in, had, like, major broken bones, PK and I. We're not trained like you. So... <laughs> Well, I have to tell you guys a quick story because this is something I, I don't think any of you have had happen to you, and I don't think any of your listeners had either, oh, and it's a heads up to try this with somebody. Um, I had this really nice um, African-American lady, about 60, and I only say that for descriptive purposes for when you're thinking of what she's like. She's actually um, one of those really sweet, bubbly personalities that should have her own TV show. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Just the salt of the earth kind of lady. But anyway, I get over there, and she, she calls me up. She goes, yeah, I think my place is haunted. So I go over there with one of my friends, and we go all through the house. There's not a blip on any of the equipment. I don't feel anything, and I almost always feel if there's something there. And don't feel a thing. So finally we go downstairs, and I said, Donna, i got to tell you, I don't think your house is haunted. And she goes, oh, I don't either. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> why am I here? You know, I'm thinking, I didn't say it. About? You know, I, Right. And she goes, I think that something's attached to me. And I went, oh. ah, okay. And then I thought to myself, I know she's scared, you know, or she wouldn't have called me to come over. Now, how do I help this lady, right? How do I quantify yeah. someone having an attachment, right? I mean, I can say, well, you seem to be having an attachment because you're acting differently and not sleeping or, you know, the typical conjecture mm-hmm. stuff. And I decided, well, I'm just going to run some stuff over her and make her feel better. So I took the K2 meter, and I ran it you know, next to her, and I said, see, not going off. I said, let me go get you with the night vision camera. So I looked through the night vision camera. Not a thing. right? So I said, you know what? I just got this. I haven't, I haven't used it yet, but let me try it. And I have the, uh, the uh, infrared, the FLIR for your phone. You know, it's an attachment mm-hmm. that will make your, your phone infrared, like, you know, thermal imager. Right. And, you know, people show up as white and yellow and orange. 
in this. You know, they, they really jump off the screen. Mm. So I said, well, let me just try this. And I picked the thing up, and I looked through it, and I almost passed out because right in the middle of her stomach, actually a little bit to the right of her stomach, about maybe the size of a football, is a solid black shape. Oh. Now, black is ice cold. Okay, it should not Gosh. be that cold on a human. So she was and I'm looking right. At it. She did have something. Well, that's that. You know, that was the first thing I thought this could be true. And I said, "Okay, can you do me a favor, Donna? Can you go up and walk up and down the stairs?" And she goes, "Why?" I said, "Because I just want to see if I have a camera anomaly or not. I want to see you going up and coming down." So she goes up. There's nothing on her back. She turns around, comes all the way down, and it's right the same place. So I told her, I said, "Look." All I can tell you is what I have heard through lots of years, and it's worth a try. But from what I've heard, you have to tell it to get off of you, get away from you in no uncertain terms. And she right. goes, well, how do I have to be mean? I said, the meaner you can be, the better. And she goes, well, how mean? I said, well, pretend you found your boyfriend making out with your sister. <laughs> no, goes, that would do oh, it. Okay. <laughs> right? She goes like this. She goes, do you mind if I use my faith? I said, Donna, if that makes you feel better, use whatever you want to use. Well, I swear I wish I would have filmed this because this lady would have gone viral in a, in a minute. She would have had her own TV show, I'm telling you. Oh, she puts her God. hands above her head in fists and says, the power of God commands you to leave. Get out. Get out. Don't yeah. come back. I mean, I was over at the door. I was ready to leave. I mean, she was really <laughs> yeah, convincing. Really? Wow. <laughs> So anyway, I hate to to stop you, Rick, but we're almost out of time and we're going to be cut right off. So I just want to find out the end of the story. Was she okay? I looked at her, put the camera on her, and it was gone. Okay. Good job. And I have the pictures. I have the pictures to show people. Okay. Well, how do people get a hold of you? Should they go to your website, hghmag.com? Um, best way to get hold of me is through Facebook, Rick McCullum, and it's M-C-C-A-L-L-U-M, or you can go to Hollywood Ghost Hunters Magazine on Facebook or Hollywood Ghost Hunters on Facebook and just message me, and I'll, I'll get back to you. And, uh, oh, you know, if you got any places you want us to hunt, you've got any stories you want to tell, just hit me up. I'm always willing to listen. Well, thank you so much, Rick. This has been so much fun, and it just went way too fast. We're going to have to have you come back. But thanks again. Oh, that would be great. I, I, I had a wonderful time. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, we did great. So you, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week. We've got New England witches. We'll talk to you soon. See you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.